ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. If you've got any questions about today's episode, ideas for future episodes, please contact us. And there are two great ways to contact us. The first is to email us. Our email address, a relatively new email address, is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet to us if you're on Twitter. Tweet us. At SF Diocese, use the hashtag Ignition. Again, our Twitter handle, SF Diocese, use the hashtag Ignition and let us know your questions or ideas for future episodes of Ignition. How are you doing this fine day, Father Dickinson? I'm doing very well. And I think uh, after we announce the new Ignition email address a couple of times, we don't have to say it's new anymore. I said relatively new for that very reason. Well, I was just trying to help you decide. So I think maybe next week I won't say new. I'll I think that'd be the, that, that'd be the way to go. I'll say old. And also, I'm wondering if maybe our producer, in the like, when he goes back and like, you know, makes our voices sound silky smooth and things like that. Yes. If you could like pipe in behind there, like a little like old like dial-up modem sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you for those of you still using email. The 90s called, they want their email address back. Come on, 90s, 90s uh, email was still relevant in the early 2000s. Okay, you're right, I'm sorry. 2010, not as much. I've been online since 1992, Father. You've had an email address since 1992? Yes, I have. Wow, was it just like you and Al Gore back then? <laughs> <laughs> Father, how dare you derail this ep- this this professional production called Ignition. You did invent the internet, though, right? What are we talking about, Father? Well, we're talking about... How is this launching people's efforts to explain the Catholic faith and invite others to live it? Tell me that. Well, hopefully they just maybe enjoyed the little joke and laughed a moment. <laughs> like, like I did? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get serious. The faith is serious business, Father. We can't Welcome laugh. There's ignition, no a serious a broadcast serious of the new there's no time for levity. We even laugh without smiling on ignition. <laughs> we hate smiling. We hate to smile. We hate laughter. That's not what the human person is about, is it? Ooh, nice segue. Hey, thanks. So, Father and I, uh, we've mentioned this before. Last week's episode, we talked about that. This um, We've got an ongoing series that we've been doing going back earlier this year. Uh, that's 2014 for those of you who listening to the um, archived episode. Um, earlier wait, this wait, year, wait, wait, wait a moment. Are we talking to the future right now? We are. Oh, my goodness. To the future. There's people from 2015 that might be listening to this right now? And beyond. Huh? I'm sure people go back years in ignition archives I to tell listen. You that's just a little bit of a mind blow right now. Yeah. So anyway, posterity, this is for posterity. My mind just a little bit blown for up. Posterity's sake. We have been talking about um, <laughs> what's called uh, the, the technical or the more formal term, the more precise term is theological anthropology. Father, what is theological anthropology? Well, this actually ties into the future. <laughs> It does. Theological anthropology is that 
the human per- that we have a a specific vision of what it means to be human, and that this vision of what it means to be human, the reality of what it means to be human, won't change even in the year twenty five twenty five. That's a great. I love that song. I hate that song. Oh. Okay. Nerdy. Uh, anyway. So it won't change. What do you mean? You mean people are always going to be the same? People are people? Seriously? People are people. Can you believe it? Uh, don't we get taller over time? I mean, isn't that so when proven? Someone, discover, if someone discovers the internet, like in the year 2525, like, hey, there is this like thing that like we weren't aware of and like these substructures of our communication systems. There's this ancient archaeological, like this ancient thing from 500 years ago of how people used to communicate. And we found this, uh, uh, this podcast called Ignition and we can listen to it. And yes, when you listen to this in the year 2525, because we will speak English, we will speak English in 2525, no doubt. Well, I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, they'll all have translator microbes or things like that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yes. I'll stay on track, Chris. Keep control. Yes. Go ahead, father. Yeah. So anyway, theological anthropology, what it means to be human, and and that's, there's really almost no, there's only one more important question, what it means to be human. What is that? Is there a God, and who is this God? Yes. So this is right up there with the the biggest questions of life. um, Among them is, what does it mean to be human? So that's what theological anthropology is, and what Father and I have done in the uh, first, I think, four, maybe five episodes, or ep- four or five, uh, yeah, episodes in this series, is go through the, the uh, a section of the Catechism that talks about what it means to be human, uh, talks, answers the question basically, what is man? Um, and, and and we looked at that again as I, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, this is starting if if you want to look back. In the, if you want to look in the Catechism, it's paragraphs 355 and following, uh, and, and Father and I uh, discussed that section. But we want to move ahead uh, and, and look at another section in the Catechism, because what we're trying to do here, and why the Catechism, um, the Catechism is is the the repository, if you will. It's the the, the, the source text, a summary uh, of, of what the Church teaches on virtually everything that she teaches. Almost every Church teaching is at least referenced. Uh, not not all of them, not some of the nitty-gritty details in certain aspects, but, but the basics, at least, are all covered within the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And so because, as Father said, the question, what is man, um, is, what, what does it mean to be human, is so central, it, it gets uh, significant treatment in the catechism throughout the document, not just in the section early on that I, that I just mentioned, but it, it gets brought up throughout the document. Um, and, and later on, Father, um, what's called the sometimes referred, referred to as the third pillar of the catechism, uh, we find um, a discussion of what it means to be human as well. Right, so the third of the four main pillars, the four main parts of the Catechism, is entitled Life in Christ. And so uh, when you discover that, when you know that there is this God who has been present since the foundations of the world, and this God who has come out to reach us through Jesus Christ and incorporates us into himself, uh, which would be the first and second pillar of the Catechism, the Creed and the Sacraments, now this idea of then living with Christ and living in Christ which is this uh, 
third of the four pillars of the catechism. Yeah, there's a beautiful sort of summary of what Father, or a, a restatement of what Father just said um, in, in, in this first paragraphs of the section. 1692 says that Christians are called to lead henceforth a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. So so again, the, the, the title of the pillar, the title of this third major section, Life in Christ, that's what we're called to do. The faith that we profess in the creed, the faith that, that, that we receive, the grace of our faith that we receive in the sacraments, we're called to put into action in, in, in what and how we live our lives. Can I just do a quick promo for the Catechism of the Catholic Church? That, I guess that would be fine. I'm not going to use like my radio announcer voice, but uh, so in conversation yesterday, uh, one conversation with someone and another conversation with uh, a Catholic student, but both I, in my first conversation with a non-Catholic Christian, a serious non-Catholic Christian, and then the Catholic student I was talking to who had a friend who's a serious non-Catholic Christian, both these non-Catholic Christians wish that their churches had catechisms. Why? Because like everything's there. Right. And like, like they wish like there's some authoritative, binding, all one-stop shopping place to find what your church teaches. And they're like, well, I just love the fact that Catholics have that. Well, isn't that what you're for? No. What? You know how many times people, students come to me and I tell them, why don't you look up the catechism? Because <laughs> if you give a man a fish... Yeah, but that's why you got deigned and stuff, so I could just ask you. Well, you, you ask me biblical things. I ask you catechism things. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. It's from the Society of the Propagation of Stereotypes. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I absolutely, Father. I mean, the, the 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 gift that this is, I you know, I, I, some Catholics are aware of this, but I think many aren't. This is only the second such document in Church history. Right. The first Catechism was published um, in the the late 16th century. This is the second universal Catechism. In other words, the second Catechism written for the entire Church by the Holy See, by the Vatican, um, issued with the full authority of 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 the Pope himself. Um, this is not like something that the Church cranks out every every few years or even few decades. She's only done it twice in in over two thousand years. Correct, and even in what and there's some cool stories, but that um, this uh, this catechism almost didn't come about either. Right. You know, it was a, kind of a unique action of uh, the bishops of the world asking the Holy Father for it, uh, and and. The Holy Father Pope John Paul II uh, requesting it or uh, um, responding to the request. responding to that in just a really wonderful way. Yep, 1985, uh, bishops from around the world were gathered, not all of them, but a number of them were gathered uh, to, to, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the closing of the Second Vatican Council. And, and out of that, those conversations and meetings and discussions came a request uh, for, for a universal catechism to summarize everything that we believe as Catholics for Catholics in our day and age. Because church teaching changes. Nope. Oh. <laughs> no, to, for a new presentation, this is after Vatican, cel, again, celebrating the conclusion of Vatican II. Vatican II, one of the reasons that St. 
Pope John the Twenty Third called the council was to represent the the church's perennial, uh, unchanging teaching, but represent it in a way that that men and women in our day and age will be able to more easily understand and receive. And the Catechism is a continuation of that spirit, representing the same truths that we've always held, but but putting it maybe in language or, or conceptual terminology that people in our day and age can more more readily embrace. Uh, and, and that's why, and I think that's one of the great things about this catechism, this universal catechism, the four pillars in that way. But let's maybe go back to, man, this is like that the derail episode of edition. That was a long promo for the catechism, but, but worthwhile. And you can get your catechism at your local Catholic store yes. or online. Or online. At, at various trusted retailers. <laughs> Indeed. And you can, you can read it online, frankly, at the Vatican website for free. Yeah. So. I mean, like, uh, so, so preparing for this uh, episode, where we're going to actually dive into a paragraph of the uh, uh, catechism. So if you're not driving right now, go ahead and do a Google search for, just type in CCC1700, and we'll get to the paragraph we're actually going to talk about if we actually get underrailed. But so, like, when I'm looking for catechism passages, sometimes I'll even just type, like, Catholic catechism, uh you know, human dignity, and oh, okay, I'll just see what passages come up, and it's just great that it's searchable online in that regard. It is. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Fantastic. So what we're going to look at is, uh, as Father just mentioned, 1700 uh, in the Catechism, which is early on in this, in this pillar on the life of Christ. Um, the, the first chapter of, of this section of this pillar is called The Dignity of the Human Person. Um, I, I, which Father, you and I discussed that that broadly uh, in in previous episodes in this this series on theological anthropology, the dignity of the human person. The the, the the Catholic Church doesn't denigrate the human person, but but exalts it in, in its right and proper place um, according to the vision of God Himself. And. Uh... And so much of the scriptures, and it's, just, it's a teaching on what it means to be human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We love humans. We, <laughs> we, yes, we do. We love humans. How about, how about you? you? <laughs> nah, depends on the day. <laughs> okay. So, uh, how do you want to do this, Father? Should we? Should we just um, read? Just dive into this thing because the, the whole idea with, with, I think, with human, with theological anthropology, with you know, studying what it means to be human. We've talked a bit about, like, why we were made and God's image and things like that. And now with the whole idea of life in Christ, we're going to get into this whole idea of uh, your dignity. And so this paragraph is maybe a bit of a summary, yep. but it's also a launching forward to this whole idea of what humans do. What? Yeah, exactly. How, how do we live in Christ, if that's what we're called to do? Yeah. Human beings, human be-inging. Yes, this is how we be so it begins with this line, the dignity of the human person is rooted in his creation in the image and likeness of God. Again, uh, that's tying in very much. In fact, there's a, a reference in, in the margin to paragraph 356 that, that we looked at previously. So our dignity is rooted in the fact that we are created by God and created by him in his own image and likeness. That's the source, that's the, the origin of our dignity of, uh, as human beings. So my dignity, my right to life, my right to think, my right to talk, my right to uh, have an opinion, my right to have an opinion uh, in this world, it's based not because I'm good-looking, it's not because uh, I'm smart, it's not because I'm a productive member of society or some such thing like that, it's simply because I've been made in God's image. Exactly. 
created by him um, in his own image. Anything else on, on that uh, you want to comment on? We, again, if, if look in the archives um, of, of For Ignition, past episodes, that we, we go into this in more depth. I don't know if, is there anything right now, Father, that you want to address? No, I just think it's just it's just a good refresher on that. You can't say it enough that your dignity depends not on what you do, but it's on something that's like even beneath what you do. That dignity will always be there. It, it, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do; it will always be there. Exactly. Well, well said, yep. Father. Uh, you want to take the second one? Sure. So uh, the second sentence or clause, actually, since it's a semicolon, it is. So his human dignity is fulfilled in his vocation to divine beatitude. So <laughs> that's worth saying again. Human dignity is fulfilled in the human person's vocation to divine beatitude. So what is divine beatitude, Father? Uh, blessedness. So our dignity finds its fulfillment in God himself, in his life, in being with him, and the blessedness that comes from that. The blessedness that comes from God, the blessedness that comes from being in union with God. I thought it came from Pringles. Pardon? I thought my dignity was fulfilled in Pringles. Pardon? Pringles. Doritos. Oh. Oh. No. So, um, like, uh, C.S. Lewis, this is part of what converted C.S. Lewis is that he found in himself this appetite for joy. He had this appetite for joy and for a joy that the world could not contain. And so that there must be, and because he had the appetite, he knew there must be something uh, that was out there to fulfill that appetite, and that thing is God alone. Right, yeah, that, that we, you know, sometimes, it's, it, I think in some circles, it almost becomes cliche to say it, but it's still true. We have a, we have a God-sized or God-shaped hole in the human heart, uh, that, that we have this, this unquestionable desire uh, that can only be satisfied by the infinite, by God himself. And, that, and, he, and he, he gave us that desire because he wanted us ultimately not to desire created things, even good created things. He wanted also us ultimately to desire him uh, as, as, as the, the pinnacle of in which, as this, as the Catechism says, the pinnacle in which we um, fulfill our dignity as human beings. Right, and that's what we're made for and, and, and to aim for. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, it is essential to be to a human being freely to direct himself to this fulfillment. Human freedom. So yes, yeah, so so it's essential that we direct ourselves to this fulfillment freely, as as you just said, Father. Um, human freedom. So we can't be compelled. It will be impossible for us to to achieve, so to speak, this fulfillment without engaging our freedom. It can't be compelled. It can't be coerced. We have to choose it freely. Right. We have to. Um, we have to choose it freely. We have to seek it freely, and we have to teach others. But you, now, that doesn't mean you can't teach others how to seek it, but we have to seek it free. And this comes to also, we talk about the primacy of conscience. Right, right. Conscience, conscience, not conscious, conscience. <clears throat> yep, and, and that, and the, um, but by the way, we mentioned earlier that this is a summary of uh, what, what this article does, 1700 does, is, is act serve as a preface for an entire section. So these, these sentences or clauses that we're, we're elaborating on, the catechism spends several uh, paragraphs, sometimes several pages, unpacking each of them. Yeah, so the importance of human freedom, 
uh, and to direct that in the importance of your conscience and form your conscience. The next part would be then uh, the importance of your deliberate actions. Yeah, that, that we have to we have to choose these uh, these actions. The, the actions that we do are the result of our choice. Again, our freedom. Uh, it, it's going to elaborate a bit more what that means. Right, and there's just such a, uh, an importance to uh, to actions. That's what I mean. Uh, Catholic Church is pro choosing. <laughs> no, I see what you did there. You see what I did there? Pro choosing. Yes. Okay. Uh, so by our deliberate actions, the human person does or does not conform to the good promised by God and attested by moral conscience. So our freedom ought to be oriented, Father, towards the good. Um, we're created to choose the good. So we're, we're the church isn't just pro-choosing. The church is pro-choosing the good. Well, and what's the most important word there? Um, or. God. Oh, sorry. No, or. Oh, yeah, or. A person does or does not. Right. Informed to the good promised by God and right. tested by moral conscience. Moral conscience we talked about before. So um, there's a chance you might not conform to the good promised by God. What do you mean? Well, just, I mean, uh, there's a chance that just because you're choosing, just because you're following your conscience, um, you, you're not guaranteed that you're going to be attaining the goodness of God. Yes, yes, yes. To, to have a right formed. There is a right answer. Yep. We don't just give you an A for effort. There must be uh, substantial and correct answers in your effort. Yes, absolutely. God initiates, but we have to respond. Yep. Okay. Okay. Anything else on, on that, 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 that choice for, uh, that we make for the good? No, but I mean, you could, I mean that like, goes right to the idea of relativism in our own day. It does, yeah. There's, there's objective good that we're created for and that we're created to choose freely. Right. So going forward with that, uh, human beings make their own contribution to their interior growth. They make their whole sentient and spiritualized into means of this growth. Huh? What's sentient mean? Sen- uh, aware. Okay. Conscience. Okay. Conscious. 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 Yes. Okay, I'm getting confused on the English language. Uh it's my native language. The, uh, but just the whole idea that um, you are responsible in that sense, and, and your life uh, should be aimed towards finding uh, divine beatitude. And if you don't aim towards that and build up your own interior life for it, you won't achieve it. Yeah, and again, that, that second part there that we were just talking about, I think is so important. They make their whole sentient and spiritual lives into means for this, this growth, this in growth of our interior life. So as you were just saying, Father, it's, it's worth reiterating, um, everything we do ought to be oriented towards growing in that. When I just think about um, with uh, the sad things going on uh, in the past days in Ferguson, Missouri, of these riots, right? you know, there's no law that can stop a riotous crowd. Right. The only thing that can stop anger like that is virtue. Right. Informing how we should act on such anger and such passion in a moment like that. Most definitely. Um, anything else on this whole point, Father? No. Okay. So uh, the Catechism goes on, With the help of grace... We grow in virtue, avoid sin, and if we sin, we entrust ourselves, as did the prodigal son, to the mercy of our Father in heaven. So there's a, a lot in there, Father. With the help of grace, they, human beings, grow in virtue. And so they name the virtues that I referred to 
they name it, even though it was just implicit before, the idea of interior growth in reference to virtue. Now they name virtue. Right. And the importance of grace in it. Yes. Um, so, so the, the the catechism will unpack what virtue what virtue is, the variety of virtues, and and then the the importance of of grace for living out the virtues. Correct, and and so we need to. If you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. Absolutely, and so there's need in our life to be able to know what we're aiming at as well as how to hit it, um, in order to to get to that end. So we're called and first to grow in virtue and then to avoid sin, which I think is it's 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 uh, it's worth noting that Father mm-hmm. that that the, the Church's emphasis is on what we're called to first and then secondly what we're called to avoid. Right. So we so like and the way the Catechism will go on this point is the Catechism will talk about the virtues and the life of grace before it talks about sin. Yes. What everyone wants when they talk about Christian morality is to talk about a list of sins. Can we just get an exhaustive and complete list of all the different mortal sins? Thank you very much, Father, and I'll be out of your hair. Exactly. Um, I've even called you with that question, I think, haven't I? I think about so. We've discussed this. A number of years this. ago, Totus Tooth yep. Preparation. Yep. See, and you, you didn't, did you tell me to go to the catechism that day to look it up? I don't think so. Ah, missed opportunity. I know, right? Uh, see how we tied that into the early part of the show? Amen. Uh, you know, you're avoiding sin by not saying much. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for you to finish this run-on sentence. <laughs> oh, it's kind of run-on conversation. So. No, we we start with virtue, and then we discuss sin, and then as again that that father the the catechism says, if they sin, they entrust themselves to the prodigal son, as did the prodigal son, to the mercy of our Father in heaven. So interestingly, Father Article Eight, um, which paragraph eighteen forty six is where this is all on begins to be all unpacked, and the heading of this section is first heading is mercy and sin. So <laughs> even in the discussion of sin, it begins with the discussion of divine mercy. And that, and that need for the Christian who strives for moral excellence to entrust themselves to God in that. Because in that, as we strive for that interior growth, for that virtue, as we strive to avoid sin, there will be struggles and difficulties. Um, but we still hope in God. Yes, absolutely. Can I quote a scripture passage? Please. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. I love it. Live it. Try to live it. But uh, especially verses 3 to 5, St. Paul's talking about his own struggles, afflictions. He says... We boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out to, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And so even as we strive for interior growth, we might struggle, uh, we still entrust ourselves to the mercy of God, knowing that He will provide that growth, which is how that passage of the Catechism, to me it sounds like Romans 5. Right, right. So, I love it. Amen. And then it concludes, the Catechism concludes, in this way, they, they human beings, attain to the perfection of charity. That is the perfection of love. So it's, it's, it's all about love, Father. It's all about love. Love of God and love of neighbor. 
Amen. Um, so this is all, again, a, just a real quick summary. It's, it's one paragraph in the Catechism that sets the stage for several pages, uh, many, many pages uh, of elaboration, explanation, and discussion of what this one paragraph uh, summarizes. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet us at sfdiocese, hashtag ignition, with any thoughts, questions, or topics for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at the diocesan website, www.sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. And finally, remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 3 on Lamb Catholic Radio on 91.3 FM in Hartford and Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lamradio.com.